0: Yeah, let's roll again. Okay, hey, uh, Jay, good to be back with you again today. Yeah, you doing, Paul? Yeah, yeah, not bad. I'm ready to go. Uh, Romeo and Juliet Act 5? Is that where we are?
1: Yeah, and and I'm looking forward to it because I really think we're in a good place. I think that these two kids in love are surrounded by supportive adults, and really I can't imagine anything going wrong.
0: No, not at all. This is going to end beautifully. I'm looking forward to just uh, one of those lovely, satisfying endings that – uh, make you feel good at the end, uh, absolutely. You know, and happy about being in love yourself, and yep. and, and about being alive. Well, we'll dive in,
1: but uh, before we do, Jay, we can't
0: uh, uh, we can't start without a poem. Do you uh, do you have a poem for us today?
1: Yeah, I was thinking of this poem by E. E. Cummings, one of my favorite love poems, and um, you know, I know by Act Five, the the lovers are focused on, are strained and separated mm. and exiled from each other, and so this poem. Probably speaks more to the ideal of what they dream of than what they're actually experiencing. But I just really love uh, the message of the poem. Yeah. So it's an E.E. Cummings poem entitled, Since Feeling is First. Hmm. Since feeling is first, who pays any attention to the syntax of things will never wholly kiss you. Wholly to be a fool while spring is in the world. My blood approves and kisses are a better fate than wisdom. Lady, I swear by all flowers, don't cry. The best gesture of my brain is less than your eyelids flutter, which, uh, which says we are for each other. Then laugh, leaning back in my arms, for life is not a paragraph, and death, I think, is no (laughs) parenthesis. So actually that last line is kind of a a good link, but, uh, oh, did I spoil the end of Romeo and Juliet just now? Yeah, that's all right, Jay. I think, uh,
0: I think people know I think okay. people know I'm sorry I think they know
1: <laughs> they just have to read the first like 10 lines of the prologue to
0: yeah think. let's not forget okay, good yeah point. the whole thing is was yeah. I
1: supposed to read the play because I just watched the the Leonardo DiCaprio movie no that's fine that, oh okay, that, good. That, that's all got right. it all it's just, just fine <laughs> <laughs> fine alright life is are. not a
0: paragraph death is no parenthesis isn't
1: that nice oh man
0: yeah that's really nice <laughs> um yeah, I, I think our I think our two characters in Romeo and Juliet get beyond the language of, of love and, uh, and function on the I don't know the intensity of the feeling of love, which I kind of actually want to talk about uh, when, when when we dive into this um, uh, here today. Well, all right, we're at five three. We've gone at we did a uh, we did a we, we did an episode on a, you know, sort of an overall thing and then we've dived into each of the five acts or each of the four acts. Today's act five and the end. Um there's only three scenes um in this act. Uh scene two, super short, scene three kind of long. Um but um uh, but we're there. And I wanna continue on with our three questions too. Mm-hmm. Um what's obvious? and essential in act five what's subtle but poignant and then uh what lingering or nagging questions do you have after you close the book on Mm. uh on this play what um you know what 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 hangs on and i don't know it feels like a bigger question at this point in act five than even you know totally does the other acts yeah Um, almost overwhelming um, all right, so let's go. Uh, let, let, let's get there. Obvious and essential. Where does this play? Where, where does Act 5 open up, Jay, uh, Jay just to remind us?
1: Um, it opens up after uh, Juliet fakes her death and the musicians show up and there's that scene I talked about in the last podcast. That's right. That's right. Um, the plan has begun to be enacted. Juliet takes the potion. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the plan for Friar Lawrence to send a messenger to Mantua to tell Romeo of the plan so Romeo and Friar Lawrence can meet in the cave, rescue Juliet, who will wake up. And really, you know, we have uh, fake deaths, drugs. Right. And uh, a legal crossing of borders. I don't think, I mean, <laughs> what could possibly go wrong, right? Uh, right. And no parent permission slips. As the parents are not involved yeah, There's either. none of that. So um, as dads of teenagers, this is... Uh, yeah, no, this is, this is bad. Man, it's a different read when you're a parent. But anyway, <laughs> um, I was telling my mother recently, and I, I said it, I think, I hope I said it more nicely than this. Right. But uh, I said something like parenting now is harder than any parenting you did.
0: (laughs) How'd that go over? Um, And I love my
1: mom and we're close. But what I meant was she could actually tell us to leave the house at eight in the morning and come back at five at night and just presume the world would care for us. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is I was in a neighborhood where that could happen and she was right and she was an amazing working mom. Um, But no, there's something visceral, and maybe this can be a separate podcast, but there's something visceral when your life changes that the books you read change and one of one of the things i think of romeo and juliet is i when i first read it as a kid i thinking about the parents was not on my radar screen thinking even about yeah. adult mentors no,
0: they're, they, yeah they're totally absent right from yeah
1: because they're not as interesting as romeo and juliet right obviously right um so and, anyway i don't want but, but, but
0: to but. you absented them from your own relationships right like in uh, any, any kind of love flirtatious relationship yeah. that you had your parents weren't involved sure. you know, in that. So the same thing. If sure. you're trying to identify,
1: if you're trying to. Yeah, identify, they were a ride to the mall. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty yeah, much that's what it. they were. Just
0: functionaries. Yep. Uh, they don't matter. The mall, the whole time yeah. of the mall was the thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I, I've just rereading and discussing this with you, it's been uh, mm. interesting to think of how where one is in life actually alters the nature of reading. Right. Um, it really does. And that's yeah. not a hokey line. I think it's mm-hmm. just the case.
0: No, it is. And, and and it holds up like I'm still interested in reading it, even yeah. though I'm not, you know, a 14 year old going to the mall, sure. which I did quite a lot. You know, whenever I was 14, there was this really big mall in,
1: <laughs>
0: in Winston-Salem, not that far from my house, Winston-Salem, <laughs> North Carolina, where we went. It was this great hey mall.
1: Um, I remember a line from Family Ties. Remember that show from the yeah, 80s? Yeah, yeah. Where Michael J. Fox's character tells his sister, who like lives at the mall, she said, I don't go to the mall that much. And he's like. Um, the mannequins wave to you So I didn't go that much but, uh, yeah. but no so th- this this evolves and I was just thinking of a lot of the hmm. a lot of my thoughts about this play when I taught it uh, in the last couple of months. Um, I didn't want to teach it like a dad only because I'm teaching 14 year olds looking at it for the first right. time right but I don't know I, I think uh, it's surprising how interested kids are in the perspective of older people because i think they'll want to be older or at least treated like they're older right so anyway right a, or,
0: or at least smarter you know there's something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. they want to be smart yeah well yeah i feel that in the class um to um yeah i don't know obvious and essential then i mean what is obvious in act <laughs> what is obvious in act five something about that cracks me up why, the color why?
1: of the walls no um <laughs> Yeah. What well, do you want to go first? They're blood red. First? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I wrote down
0: uh, for my notes for today. Obvious and essential is that that Romeo and Juliet's deaths are tragic. Yeah, they're actually tragic. Um, this is a tragedy. It's categorized amongst the tragedies, right? Um, so maybe it's obvious to say that their deaths are tragic. Uh, but it struck me that, yeah, if it's obvious, then, yeah, it's also essential. It's essential to know um, that, their death, that their deaths are tragic. And I do want to dig in on that because I have a related yep. point for my subtle but poignant. Yep. Um, but um, for, you know, and I, I, you know, I always look back over Aristotle's sort of breakdown of, of, of the tragedy and the rules. He has these hard and fast rules for tragedy. Um, and, and, and they sort of work for Romeo and Juliet. I think it you know one of the things that he says is that is that your your main character or characters, um, they're not bad. They're not a bad person. They're not a vicious person because if a vicious person falls to a low state, mm-hmm. that's satisfying. You want that to happen. That's exactly. not traje- uh, tragic. That sounds like justice. right. So Romeo dials in about where Aristotle wants him to, which is not as a great. A perfect person, a person of great character, mm. but a person of you know moderately good character. You know, yep. has some flaws, and, and and the tragedy rests in some kind of tragic, or or, or some kind of weakness, I guess you mm. should say, not 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 some lack of character, or not some um, you know obsession with vice or something like that. And 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 Romeo does. I think it's his passion. Uh, his passion uh, leads to his mistakes. Mm. Um, his passion with uh, Tybalt. You know, he, he gets wrapped up, kills him, uh, his passion um, with really the death of, of Juliet. I was struck rereading this, that he asks no questions, you know, when he finds out when Balthazar reports to him, you know, yeah. I saw her later, later too. Really? She died? Like, what happened? Right. Was she struck by lightning? Did right. she hit by right. a car? Yeah. Like, there, there are no questions. He does ask. Were there no letters from Friar Lawrence? Okay, which is a nod to that. Yeah. But then he says, No matter. You know, Belthasar says, No. Yeah. You know, he's like, ah, yeah, whatever. Right, and right. he just moves on. It's just a throwaway question. Um, and, and and he moves and he moves on. Immediately he goes to the fates, right? He's like, Well, yeah. thus I refute these stars. I mean, he's right. not living on this planet, you know, anymore. You know, he's in mm-hmm. you know, fate is, you know, has has positioned itself against me and right. I'm gonna fight to win. Um, but he doesn't ask one of those basic questions, like "Really, is she dead? What happened? What'd she die of?" Mm. You know, nothing like that. Nothing like that shows up. Mm. Um, and then I, you know, but then Juliet, who who is different, you know, I think is strikingly different. In this end, um, she's dead too, uh, but but her death is completely different. And 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 I think she makes a very calculated decision uh, to die, um, in which in which she. She, she does the math and realizes that it's not worth being alive anymore if Romeo's not there. So mm. she knows the conditions under which uh, life is no longer worth living, which, yeah. is, a, which is actually a frightening <clears throat> calculation to be able to make. Um, it's weird that you
1: teach this to kids. What's that? Isn't it weird? I mean, yeah. for years I was on the yeah. admissions committee and I'd see their reading list and a lot of middle school 7th and 8th graders read this. I think of all the parts you'd have to skip. The first two pages, absolutely. Well, yeah. But what you're saying, it's a pretty dark vision.
0: It's a really dark vision. The notion
1: of what you're saying about the fact that the end is tragic, yeah. whilst that seems like table stakes, like obviously it's a tragedy, but the nature of what that means and yes. looks and sounds and feels like.
0: Oh, yeah, you're right. That's and like, I think I only teach it <laughs> confidently because I, I have no... Um, I have no confidence that the students in the room will, will <laughs> really figure out what, what we're talking sure. about. Like, they'll never come around to what Juliet has come around to, like the conditions under which life is not right. worth living. She's no. one of
1: those many Shakespeare characters that's smarter than most of us, and it's okay. Oh, yeah. And it's okay. Like, we have to just be okay with it.
0: Yeah, you know. Right. Or, and be instructed by it. Right. But, but I have no doubt, I, or I have no,
1: you know, I, 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 I
0: don't think any of my students are ever going to learn what she has to teach them. And Uh, it might be just,
1: it might be just planting seeds so that this is a play that if it's ever produced at their college, they go see or their town or the town they live, the city they live in. Like, I think the first bounce on a lot of these classic texts is a first bounce and it's to not be scared by it, to enter it in an interesting substantive way, to have good conversations, to write something coherent. But man, I, that's exactly. I, don't want to, I don't want to be judged by my first reading of any of these kind of books.
0: Yeah, no. And that, that is exactly how I teach this and, and all the classics as not as there. And this takes a great deal of pressure off and it changes the way you approach the text, which I think is a good approach, that this is not the student's only or last um, approach to the text. Mm-hmm. If it is, that's okay. We yep. will have done substantive things. Yep. So I can be proud of what, of what we've done. Mm-hmm. Um, however... It, it also is strong groundwork for a second reading like a yeah. second saw, like academic sure. reading you know, sure, sure. so i i i totally agree mm-hmm. i totally agree with that it lays the groundwork for an even more serious um and even more serious reading um and that was the one of the things you know which which i discovered as a graduate student being in class with with students who had had better high school educations <laughs> than i had mm-hmm. um and I was, you know, I was stricken or struck by um, how they engage with the text. And I, and I would break off into these small, you know, study groups, you know, with these, you know, these students. I was in a, you know, in a philosophy master's degree program. And, and I discovered that this was not, you know, whatever text we were reading. This was, in many cases, not the first time they had been through this sure. text. And for me, in a lot of cases, it was the first time. Take the Nicomachean Ethics. Some of these yeah, students yeah. had had it, you yep. know, in high school yeah they yeah. had that teacher um so I, I I do think of this as that like, like you said Jay is laying down a layer you know yep. a first yeah. layer <laughs> excuse me Bless for me. um for, uh, for 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 the text so yeah their deaths their deaths are tragic I would say the tragic flaw or the weakness the frailty frailty thy name is woman we're reading <laughs> Hamlet Hamlet says that um it's the opposite is, in Romeo and Juliet. It is isn't the it? opposite <laughs> in Romeo. <laughs> Francie, thy name is uh, Romeo in Romeo and Juliet. It's good. That's um, good. Absolutely. Uh, and for Juliet, it's something even. It's something even deeper than that. A real, an awful realization. You know. Um, but I don't know. Their deaths are tragic. That's the obvious. I think you mm. have to dig into that. That's the obvious, yep. but essential. And however you dig in that with your students, it's important to do, you sure. know, to show that this is sure. this is a tragedy and this is the apex, you know, of the tragedy or the resolution, mm-hmm. uh, the catastrophe of the of uh, of the tragedy. Mm. You know,
1: yeah, yeah. So that's really good. Um, I, I was struck in my reviewing of Act Five in the last several days of the last words of each character. Huh. So if you wouldn't mind just. I'm just, I'm just hoping yeah. to just revisit them. Yeah, I want to go to the text. That's good. So act five, scene three, line 88 is, uh, you know, it's sad. In no film or stage productions do you get Romeo killing Paris. Not that I'm out for more blood. Yeah. Um, the mean, real cruel part of me is excited to see Paris go because he's such like a boring, vapid <laughs> character. So Paris, is yeah. he can't beat Romeo in a fight. Yeah. So he lays Paris in the tomb, and this is line 88 or so. So this is Romeo's soliloquizing. Hmm. How often when men are at the point of death have they been married, which their keepers call a lightning before death. Oh, how hmm. may I call this a lightning? Oh, my love, my wife. Death that hath sucked the honey of thy breath hath had no power yet upon thy beauty. I just I think of my mother who was a geriatric nurse for 40 years, nursing homes, right? Hmm. How often she saw husbands and wives see the, hold the hands of a, of a, of a dead, of a, of a recently dead spouse looking at them, thinking mm. this. Yes. You know, Yeah, thou art not conquered. Oh God, it's so sad. Beauty's <laughs> ensign yet is crimson in thy lips and in thy cheeks, because she just recently died, right? And right. death's pale flag is not advanced there. Tybalt, thy, liest thou there in thy bloody sheet. So you get him kind of, not improv but he's looking around. And of course, they're in the family tomb, so Tybalt's there. Tibble, liest thou there in the bloody sheet. Well, what more favor can I do thee than with that hand that cut thy youth in twain to sunder his that was thine enemy? Forgive me, cousin. <laughs> ah, yeah. dear Juliet, now he's back to her. Dear Juliet, why art thou yet so fair? Yeah. Shall I believe that unsub? this then it gets creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I Shall guess. I believe that unsubstantial death is amorous and that the lean abhorred monster keeps thee here in dark to be his paramour? Will death take you as a lover? Right. Right. For fear of that, I still will stay with thee and never from this palace of dim night depart. I'm going to protect you from death itself, right as a lover. Here here will I remain with worms that are thy chambermaids. And I, I was wondering whether Andrew Marvell into and his coy mistress stole that. I have to oh look that yeah, up. yeah. Worms shall try thy virginity. I think that's the line from that poem. <laughs> uh, and I don't map that out for my students because that I, I don't get paid enough. No. That's no, 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 a that's no, no. a drawing on the board that I'm not qualified. Yeah, but anyway I, <laughs> So I would only to do that at stick a stick figures is all I have. Yeah,
0: at, at a conference or something. You, right. You've been painting. Worms to yeah. present at.
1: Oh here will I set up my everlasting rest and shake the yoke of inauspicious stars from this world wearied flesh. No. Eyes look your last, arms take your last embrace, and lips oh you the doors of breath seal with a righteous kiss, a dateless bargain to engrossing death. He then mm. dies at the end. So he gets this long speech. And I want to read that because Juliet's speech does not take a long time. We know Romeo yes. dies. He takes the poison. Juliet awakes. in that's line, one, that's like one, line
0: 75 to line 120. That's a long a speech. He yeah. has a
1: while to think through things, to notice things, to wonder, to ask questions, to answer the questions, to comment on her, to comment on her again, to follow up on the comment. <laughs> so in 166, okay. Act 5, Scene 3, Juliet... Who unfortunately hasn't been reading Romeo and Juliet, <laughs> which to me is the greatest tragedy in the tragedies is they don't get a That's copy right. of the play. And they advance. were cheap
0: back then, too, right? The copies, they weren't that cheap. Uh, it depends. Well, yeah.
1: All right. Is it a quarto or a. Yeah, you know. Uh, what's here? A cup closed in my true love's hand. Poison I see hath been his timeless end. So she's just reporting news right away. Churl, drunk all and left no friendly drop to help me after. I will kiss thy lips. Happily some poison yet doth hang on them to make me die with a restorative. She kisses him. Mm-hmm. So literally no, no thinking there. She's just waking up from 42 hours of oblivion. So she's not thinking yet. Right. And then Juliet. <laughs> um, Yay noise. Then I'll be brief. Oh happy dagger. This is thy sheath. Meaning her very body. Th- right. There rust and let me die. Now. What the heck? So throughout the whole play. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm not saying Romeo is not thoughtful. I mean, I think you and I have made the point over and over again that Juliet as a thinker is infinitely more layered than Romeo as a thinker. Right. So I don't know if one can consider this a flaw in the writing. Okay. I always tell my students, if you have a critique of a great author, it's totally okay.
0: Right. Do it.
1: Mm -hmm. And, And actually, I remember one of my professors in college asserting that Shakespeare's fatal flaw was his inability to end plays convincingly. That beginning and the middle are great, but he often needs a forced thing at the end. So I just find it weird that okay. Romeo gets the substantive thinking at the end. Juliet reacts to her environment and stabs herself. And it looks like if if let's imagine it's fifteen ninety when it's come out, fifteen ninety six, something like that. Right. And let's imagine you're in the theater and you're paying really close attention. And let's imagine we're able to, through some magic of technology, pause life. And you and I were, I don't know, glovers in, yeah. in London in '90s. Right. And I read to you magically from a script, Romeo's speech. I changed some of the pronouns, right? right. All okay. you have is the four X. Right. And I read Romeo's last words and I ask you, who says these, Romeo or Juliet? What would you say? Hmm. Juliet, every time. Right. Right. Juliet thinks like that. So hmm. I'm fascinated by, and I don't know what the answer is. Is Romeo a better thinker because he's known Juliet for a couple of weeks? Is is this just what was expected that the the guy would have the thoughts at the end? I don't I don't see Shakespeare falling into those cliches. No, times. I
0: don't either. I don't at all. Yeah, he's not. He's not. Or is trapped. it the
1: way death is happening? Like Romeo buying a poison, knowing he's kind of doing this, whereas Juliet is surprised. Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. all happens. I'm just. I actually don't have like a set answer. I'm fascinated by the fact that. Romeo uses a cup which is pretty traditionally female. Juliet uses a dagger, pretty traditionally male. That's right. I think it's an incredibly messy, weird, surprising, and I'm not I don't know if I should criticize it or just be impressed, but I don't know. Right. It's it this to me is like would be a really good conversation with students that if you're tracing these two people over the play, it seems like there's a weird adjustment made at the end. I think so. And I don't know what to do with it, Paul, to be honest. Yeah,
0: I think so. And in a little bit, I I can't say that any of my students have noticed some of these things exactly. But I totally agree with you. In rereading it, I almost put it down as my subtle but poignant is that like Romeo almost seems transformed as an actor. As soon as he gets the news that Juliet is dead, suddenly he is a man in the world. Like he is in charge and is motivated and like read the apothecary scene. Yeah, you know, he's totally in charge. He tells him what to do at the end. Take, yep. come on, take the money, man. You're right. starving to death. Which now, is kind but, of a
1: Juliet move.
0: Yes, that's right. Only Juliet has been that sort of an operator, <laughs> yeah, and, that, yeah. and that confident and at ease in the world. Yeah, like and then that. when he talks to you know Balthazar, you know, he's like, if, if I see you in here, I'll rip you limb from limb. Like yeah, he's just yeah. he's completely. Like right. you would just walk away from this guy. You knew he was on and, and this is his moment. Um, I agree. We haven't seen this. We haven't mm. seen this from, from Romeo before. Where did this come from?
1: Yeah. So that's what I'm, I think, I think always, and it's a bit of an obvious thing, but you know, you talked about the, the end being tragic, which some may yeah. say is obvious, but as as you explained, there's lots of meat to that. Yeah. And my obvious thing is what are the last words of the tragic character? So it's kind of connected. Mm-hmm. They're always interesting. <laughs> Yeah. There are, it's always interesting to see how Macbeth dies, how Hamlet dies, how Coriolanus dies, how Romeo and Juliet die. Right. Um, I'm fascinated by it, and I'm, I'm, I'm mystified by the end. I, I don't have kind of a thesis to say. Right. I'm just I'm thinking about it, and I'm fascinated by the fact that there seems to be a role reversal.
0: I, I agree, and I have to admit my first, that I have a memory from undergraduate of hearing some professor, whoever, I'm not even sure who— um, say this. And so it's not an original thought, but exactly what you're saying that Romeo dies in a stereotypically female way. And mm. Juliet dies in a stereotypically. I don't know if I would have observed that, you know, if, it, if I had yeah, been on my own, sure. but, but, but it's <clears throat> true, you know, so there's more going on. It's not a throwaway scene, which right. it might have been. Um, I have some thoughts about that for, for, for the subtle, for oh, the subtle, okay. but, but, but poignant, which we can get into, but um, I think those are kind of obvious in the sense that they're on the table. They're the things that you read and they're in front of your face and you need, uh, and you, and, and you need to deal with. And, and I think you can invite students into some of those things, at, yeah. you know, at, at, at the very least.
1: I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: I think they're interested in role reversal, gender role reversal. Like they're interested yeah. in that. Like it's a fun game to play. You I, know.
1: I think too, that if, if we, I, I think if anybody listening to this is a teacher, you I'm sure you know this already that anytime we say I don't know, yeah, it's such a gift to kids. Yes. Because that's right. what it yeah. often means is you're actually thinking beyond writing quizzes for them. You're actually thinking about these people as people. Right. And that you're reading <laughs> text with enough complexity that you can't solve them real easily.
0: Right. Not it, unlike regular humans. Mhm. And it honest. invites them into that thing, you know, like various people who've talked about this from Alan Bloom, you know, to Harold Bloom, to other other people whose yep. last names aren't Bloom. Uh, <laughs> this great conversation, like this, yeah. is a thing you're allowed to talk about. Not mm-hmm. only allowed, but I think teachers like Jay, like yourself and my and, and, and me, we want them to. Like we want sure. them to 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 break out of you know the sort of mold of the the student or whatever and start like yeah. just talking about it like they talk about things at lunch, you know, and right. you know um, only you know only it's Romeo and Juliet, sure. So I, I like that. I like that invite. And I think being able to say, yeah, I'm not sure exactly and give some reasons um, invites them into it. Hmm. Without, on the other hand, breaking it you know, completely open where you say something ghastly like. Sure. It's all just opinion anyway. There's nothing here. That's not, that's not true. No, either. no,
1: because there's certain things that aren't in the book and you can't make them. You can't put them no. there.
0: No, 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 you no. Know? And I always tell my students opinion. I, I really, you know, having read Plato as much as I have. You know, I can't, I can't leave opinion alone. You know, right. everyone has opinions, but not all of your thoughts are opinions. I always, right. I always say, if you have reason, you know, reason, yeah. some explanation, some proof, some yeah. argument coupled with a claim right. rescues your claim from mere, lowly, pathetic
1: right. opinion. And it isn't magical. It's go to the book. The book mm-hmm. is where it lives. That's right. Where, and that's you know, exactly
0: where, where um, exactly. That's the next move. So, okay, so where do they Let argue? the book
1: work for you. It's the greatest, it's one other gift is, yes. you know, it's not your job to do all the work. Shakespeare, yeah. it turns out, was really good. And if you just go hunting... Mm-hmm. For, for moments where his character's doing interesting things, that'll give you plenty to go on.
0: Yeah, that's right. And yeah. that's where I want to drive them. There's so many places you can go. And as adults, you start to reach outside of the books, you know. Yeah. But I think the starting point is... is starting you know, point has to be the book. It's got to be in there, doesn't right. it? Yeah. So I want to drive them back to the lines, back to the, you know, back to the quiddities of the book. What yeah. actually happened, you know. Yeah. And, and, and make them talk about it. Well,
1: um... Subtle points. Yeah, I mean, surprising points. the
0: subtle points, you know, I have a report from my own students. Um, I think I know what they would say, you know, and they have said year over year what the subtle point is. Once if, if, On the years that I've had a successful take on this, which isn't every year, but when I've had a successful class on this, uh, many of them come around to the subtle point. And, and this is a nice point, although I think they're wrong, so I don't agree with it. But they throw out there, many of them are really bothered that Juliet ends up dying. Right? Mm. Now, this is really cool, right? Like, I, I do some things to, to try to make them choose, like, which is the culminating act of the scene. Is it Romeo's death or is it Juliet's death? Yeah, And, you know, and maybe that's artificial. Maybe I, you know. But by doing that, it makes them argue over something that's, uh, that is a hair splitting that's really difficult. Yeah. But, but when I even suggest that, I point them in that direction, they often insist that Juliet did not have to die. Like, they see Romeo as this uh, sort of emotional, out-of-control person who's very likely to die. Like, he, you know, he stops off at the apothecary. Sure. It's all planned. You know what's going to yep. happen. He stops. He's It's he's going very to different die.
1: than Juliet's death. Absolutely.
0: Exactly. Even to get them to say that, Jay, or to realize that at some yep, level great. and not throw it in the same bucket it's great. Is, is an achievement. Yeah. But they're really bothered, which I think is correct. They're bothered that Juliet dies. Like, uh, Romeo sees her. He's... You know, he's just blundering through. He doesn't even stop long enough. Even though I think it's ironic. He says, you know, I'm going to untether myself uh, from the fates. He says he's shaking the yoke of inauspicious, uh, of the inauspicious stars, stars, right? Right, right. So he's going to get himself out from the control of bad luck because he's going to take control. And then i mean he just falls into the hands of
1: luck right right he's, he's and stars that's a that's a, a you could do a deep dive on the role of fate stars star alignments star crossed mm-hmm. a few times in the play mm-hmm. uh, juliet says of romeo not long after she meets him when he die cut him out into little stars and it'll make the face of heaven shine yes. so, so bright that that's right. we won't fall in love with garris day or something like that <laughs> yeah. so that notion it's just throughout the play it's it um, is. It is, and there's so many seems, reasons we read this guy.
0: Yeah, he's almost <laughs> like a. Um, that that is that is the character that Romeo is fighting against. I mm-hmm. think is, is stars and Juliet is not. I think she's really different because mm-hmm. she's not fighting against um, fate or Friar Lawrence says, you know, the heavens have plotted against us a plot. Mm-hmm. It's more powerful than we are, or something like that. Yep. You know that that, that that's beyond our. Our control. So my students are really bothered by Juliet's death because they think when she wakes up and sees Romeo's death, she has a choice that Romeo did not have, and and I think they see, and I'm sure I'm leading them in this, in this direction a little bit, but but I hope they're picking up on it too that Juliet's a radically different, uh, radically different character. Mm. And she's she's ideal in the sense that she has passion, but she also has reason that she couples along with passion. She's like the romantic. Ideal, really, yep. of these two, both in hand, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure we'll talk about Jay at some yeah. point in the future. When we get to Romanticism. Yep. Um, and 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 they think they sh- that 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 essentially. So in the end, they think the subtle but poignant point is that is that Juliet did not have to die. I, I disagree with that. You know, for all that wind up, I want to. Sure. that's not my pitch. Um, that's that, that's not what I think. Um, this is the thing I want to point out. Okay, and I know Jay. We've talked about our next book doing. You know the Odyssey, and I, and I'm a huge fan of the Odyssey, as you know, and that mm-hmm. lives enormously in my head. Um, so I'll admit that prejudice up ahead. But do you know Juliet visits the underworld, like very few mythological characters do, and I really like this idea that Juliet's death is preceded by um, a visit to the underworld. That 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 she and it's back in four point three, Act four point three, where she where she's going through. But right before she drinks the vial that Friar Lawrence gives her, and she goes through all the options we talked yep. about this last episode, right? So it's an intellectual visit to the underworld, yep. unlike Odysseus's magical, sure, like a
1: geographical one. Yeah, like yeah, a geographical
0: yeah. one, which is still weird because it's so magical. Right. And how does that work? You know, it, it right. doesn't totally make sense. Um, but her her killing herself in a very you know violent physical way is preceded by a um, a psychological or a philosophical. Um, confrontation with death from which she returns Mm -hmm. very much like Odysseus. Um, And after returning, she understands that that is her proper place and she returns to it Mm -hmm. uh, forever. Right. Yeah. So, so her death, I guess I want to say is preceded by a visit, a visit to the underworld from, from which she returns. And it's a very different thing than, than Odysseus, than Romeo's, than uh, then Romeo's drinking of the vial. I don't know. I want to draw yeah. I want to I want to pull some space between those two
1: deaths. I think that's good. I I mean you could teach an elective on on characters who I mean whether it's whether it's Hamlet looking at the skull of his mentor, whether it's Odysseus and Hades, which is Scrooge looking at his grave, whether it's yeah. I mean you can go down the line, Scrooge right? Scrooge is a great Aeneas, character for that. Aeneas the So That's right. You know, and to make it more human, what about Students we have this year who have had families who have COVID, who they worry about that are going to die. I, I had a student whose grandmother had it. He yes. thought he was going to lose her and she survived. And he admitted yes. the other day, um, like every time I get to talk to her, I'm really excited to talk with her because yes. she was almost taken. And yes, so it's like, it's it's a very human uh, reality. It and is. And it's like not
0: a, purely mythological.
1: Right. And, 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 and as as we know, uh, I mean, the mythological, ta- I think, just makes literary in, in broad strokes what's already human to begin with. So yes, that impulse right. of like getting really close to death and surviving, mm-hmm. you know, trips to Hades is just Homer's way of talking about what my student just said.
0: Yeah, that's right. Which, and what, what
1: you're saying, mm-hmm. Romeo, I'm sorry, what you're saying, Juliet? Oh experienced a version right. of Odysseus experienced a version
0: of I, I think it is and and Odysseus really you know he got he got some kind of directions about how to get home you know which is a weird way and we'll talk about this when we do the the when we do mm. the odyssey but it's only really spiritual directions they're not actually right. it's not what was promised by Circe actually right. Circe gives him the directions home <laughs> look right. out for the sirens look out for the sirens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he didn't get that from Tiresias he got no. something else from the from the blind sure. From the blind poet. And I think it's striking that um that Juliet has a spiritual Tyresian guide. I mean, Friar Lawrence takes her to the underworld in, in an equally yeah. mysterious way, right? It right. is it's almost that like what what drug did he give her? Last yeah. what yeah, what drug is that exactly? You know, I don't right. know. It's magic. Um it's it, it's equally magic. But what isn't magic is 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 her facing. Death, mm. right? confronting death in her own mind and choosing to be there. And then she was there. You have to picture her lying amongst the dead, mm. you know, and she's unconscious for it right. but before she, before she goes into it. She knows she's going to be there. Right. And she's going to spend some time there and she might wake up in the pitch black dark by right. herself with Tiresias rotting body. Right. Not to mention her other ancestors. So, so she's as good as conscious um, mm. while she's there. Uh, Romeo, the
1: closest he gets to that is uh, banishment. Which is why I'm wondering, uh, and you're making me think of this in a different way, but that's why I'm wondering, man, what, what would it sound like in an earlier draft if Juliet wakes up and gets a page of thinking? You know what I mean? Gets a page of her. We get a page of her thinking about the fact that she didn't know if she was going to die forever. She didn't know if the potion was going to work. She doesn't know if Romeo's around. She looks around and there's the corpses of loved one. Does she have a childhood memory of Tybalt? Like you could imagine right. an infinite number of imaginative That's possibilities. Right. And it's, I find it so weird. It's either a flaw or something else is going on, or it's like a weird moment of writer restraint. Maybe, maybe he needs to end the play. I don't, I don't know. I'm fascinated by it, yeah. but yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and, and Rome and, and, you know, in the end, I mean, I find Juliet's acceptance of death uh, more heroic, you know, than than Romeo's mm. um, because Romeo, Romeo kills himself. It almost feels, you know, it's un it's almost unthinking and, and, and instinctual, which is fine. He feels the passion of love. And, and, and he says, I'm going to throw off fate and I'll, you know, I'll join my bride tonight. We'll spend yeah. another night together, an eternal night, you know, together. And he takes it on. And there is a kind of bravery, I suppose. But there's no moment of, of well, I don't know. There is a long moment of reflection, I was going to say. But, but he hasn't really faced death. It seems like it's more, um, um, I don't know, more earthly. Than, than what Juliet yeah. than what Juliet has done, and though Juliet does this more quickly, she really doesn't have to die. And and Friar Lawrence has a plan, right? He doesn't think she's going to kill herself, All right. He doesn't think, oh boy, you know, when she sees sure. him, you know, he says he's got a plan. We'll take you to a nunnery. Like we have a way to you know to, to fix this. He's moving right. forward, and then you know, and then leaves the scene. Um, Paris is dead, so we identified that last you know, last um, podcast mm-hmm. as, as as this driving force is driving Juliet to violate her vow. She's not going to do that. Well, that's off the table and she knows that, yep. you know, the dead body of Paris is lied, laid in the tomb according right. to Romeo's promise beside, you know, his love, the whole reason he was there in the first place. Mm-hmm. So that's off the table. She can yeah. do that math. But for her, there's no question. Uh, there, there's no question that death, that, that death is the option. And, and it is, it is Romeo's um, Avoidable death, I think you might say, um, if he had asked more questions, if he had been more more reflective, that leads to Juliet's death. He dies with her uh he she dies with his knife. Right. She pulls right. his knife. Um uh, the parents reflect on that afterwards. Oh look at this. The the, the knife made a mistake. Mm-hmm. It it sought it yep. the wrong sheath,
1: right? Right. Um, so oh, that's good.
0: Um so it, it, it is an avoidable it is it is an avoidable death. Um um, uh, it, it, as my students think. But, but I think it, it you know in the end, it, it really isn't. She knows, and this is what I said for the obvious but essential too, is that Juliet knows the conditions under which life is not worth living anymore. And, and, and for true love, her true, eternal, singular love, which is Romeo, um, is gone, then she has to die. And the brave point is this, whether she's right about that or not, the brave point is this, is that, is that she accepts it. Yep. This is the nature of reality. Yeah. This is the circumstance I'm in. Right. And I accept it, which means death, which means yeah, killing herself. So she's willing to take that on and and, and to yeah. die. Um,
1: my uh, my surprising points related, so I don't I don't think I have to go on and on about it, but yeah, that it, I was wondering about the nature of the lovers' doom, the nature of Romeo and Juliet's doom. I'm always interested in, in In texts, I mean, Frankenstein has this, the Odyssey has this, Paradise Lost. You go on the line of classic texts that make us think in in ways differently than works of like philosophy or theology do. Makes us think about human agency and free will and whether it's the will of the gods or some fate, some amorphous fate. So what's the nature of the lover's doom? And I can't help but to think that what I do know is the adult world they're a part of is full of rash judgments, longstanding hatreds. Hasty decisions, um, you know, the nurse making hasty decisions. Friar Lawrence quickly makes a potion, even though he has other options. You have to marry Paris on Thursday. Like every decision <laughs> seems to be this way. That's right. And I just, maybe the only way to transcend the adult world they're a part of is to escape it. And we know as high school teachers and also as parents, there's a variety of healthy escapes. And there's right. not healthy escapes. And the initial right. escape is love. Um, and then ultimately, sadly, their escape is death. Right. And that um, I am endlessly interested in just... I, we read the prologue every day. We mm-hmm. do this poem so they know it by heart by the end. Mm-hmm. And when after we discuss Act 5, it's really weird to go back to talk about, you know, which nothing or not is the word, but would nothing but their children's end um, bury their parents' strife. Right. So, It's just this really blunt, you know, strike over the (laughs) head that the only thing that can make these people stop fighting um, is the death of their kids. Right. Um, So is that just fate? And if it's just fate and no no choices matter, I just am not interested in opening the books. I, I think it's a little more complicated than that. But the the adult world they're a part of is so adolescent, to be honest, in its impulsivity, rashness. Inexplicable feelings Yes Yeah You know Why do you hate this family oh, It's been a long time Yeah Whatever We've right. always hated those people Right So they're, they're escaping And unfortunately Their escape Ends up becoming fatal Ultimately um, That's it, just a, a Something I noticed
0: I like that And it's a great balance It's and By great I mean A much truer balance Between uh, You know A kind of individualism that you find in Romeo and Juliet that you appreciate hmm. um, and you want to see in your students and your own kids yep. and the fact of the reality of the world within which their individualism exists. Hmm. And, and you can't just by fiat decide, <laughs> right? To yeah. have a life of a certain kind. Right. Uh, you may be born into a family situation sure. in which as you say, Um, death or as the prince says you know what was that line um this bad luck that love somehow your only what was that hate death brought about the end of your only of of your family my only love
1: sprung from my only hate that's what juliet juliet says that about
0: i was thinking actually of uh, oh that heaven finds means to kill your joys with love oh
1: yeah that one uh you just wanna um, say like shut up, prince. Yeah. Like if you're one of these people in the run, family, run. It's like get out of here. Yeah,
0: come on. Uh see what a can scourge. Can you give is. us a minute? Yeah, Yeah, you know. like, like just one one scene maybe. <laughs> 5.4. You can come back and <laughs> you know right. beat us up. You're just so That's smart.
1: Right. Just need a minute.
0: What see what a scourge is laid upon your hate that heaven finds means to kill your doors of love and I for winking at you, he just it takes a little a little blame
1: there. Yeah. I've lost a brace of Kinsmen. All
0: are punished
1: yeah um, uh the kids love the accent over the e2 oh yeah the punishment oh, the dad, yeah dad. you gotta be punished yes i um, told them uh, when the bell rang one day at romeo and juliet i told them you are dismissed.
0: <laughs>
1: so i think one and a half kids maybe laughed. but anyway, okay
0: well that's that's better,
1: better than better than average um well, I uh, are we on nagging questions? The last yeah, one? I think we're I think we're through yeah. to
0: the nagging questions. I don't know. I feel I like a lot. I feel a
1: lot of. Do you really? Yeah, <laughs> so I feel a pressure well, to come up with a lot. I have a short one that's fast. All right, and then one that I have no idea.
0: Okay, yeah, let's do those. That's that's better than I have. I have to be honest. Okay,
1: so you'll you'll want to wrestle with the last one. I, I just, aha, uh-huh. I, Friar Lawrence gets a bigger speech than Romeo or Juliet gets at the end on yeah. on Act Five Scene Three. And he outs himself, right? He maps out a little late because it's the <laughs> high body count at this point. Yeah, right. Um, and it's about 30 lines about the length of the to be or not to be speech. Okay. You know, there's a lot. It's a page of single space text <laughs> where he maps out everything that he had calculated <laughs> and planned. Right. Here's the prince's response. We still have known thee for a holy man. Yeah, that's it. No, that that's literally it. And then he changes to where's where's Balthazar. So uh, my students and I had the longest conversation I've ever had about this. (laughs) And one kid's like, "Well, maybe it's one of those situations where they just respect authority, and authority can get away with stuff." Okay. Um, But it doesn't take a lot of close reading to realize that that has not gotten this community that far. Okay. So number (laughs) one. So anyway, I just think that's. Weird and worth pointing out. My, my big question is, uh, my favorite, one of my favorite nonfiction writers is Peter Ackroyd. He's a literary biographer. And his biography of Shakespeare, I think I told you about is arrogantly titled Shakespeare, the biography, which yeah, is awesome. Very nice. You got to be good. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Come so out strong. In there, I learned many things and I took some notes. And one of the things he taught me was that at the end of every Elizabethan play, there'd be a dance. Okay. Which I didn't know.
0: No, I don't know that. So I knew Will
1: Kemp, who was Shakespeare's clown, who I think was still working for the company, and I wouldn't be surprised was Mercutio, um, was known as like one of the best dancers. And there were people that paid to go see all these plays just to see him dance. Okay. So obviously at the end of a comedy that almost always ends with a, a wedding or some sort of romantic union... A dance makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, At the end of Hamlet, Macbeth, Lear, Othello, Romeo, and Juliet, literally what would happen is there's no curtain, so bodies would rise. Okay. Hopefully, applause in a dance. And Aykroyd makes the point that there was this sense (laughs) that even in tragic representation, art is celebratory. Yeah. So that's fascinating. So what I'm wondering is, does the final interchange between Montague and Capulet, the dads, leave room for hope and light? Or is something still sinister lurking? In other words, is there a little glimmer of hope at the very end of the play that would make the dance make sense? Oh, So by the very end of the play, if I can just read, it's not a lot of lines. No, yeah, let's get that out. out Um, Montague says in line 309, Act 5, Scene 3. Let's see. Well, Capulet, I'm sorry, line 306 says, Oh, brother Montague, language has changed since they have dead kids now. Right. Give me thy hand. This is my daughter's jointure. shirt. This is like the dowry I would have given you. Mm-hmm. But all I have is my connection, my kindness. My, for no more can I demand Montague. But I can give thee more for I will ray her statue. And so Romeo's dad says, I'm going to build a statue, to, a gold statue to Juliet. And you're a Bible guy, Paul. How do gold statues usually go? Pretty good?
0: No. no yeah. No, so, so that's
1: weird. Yeah. That while Verona by that name is known, there shall no figure at such rate be set as that of true and faithful juliet and capulet's response <laughs> as rich shall romeo's statue by his ladies lie poor sacrifices to our enmity okay it's i'm going to shake your hand i'm going to build a statue oh yeah well i'm going to build a statue and then the prince comes out and says never was there a story of more woe and we end the play and everybody's sad um so my nagging question is is there hope for verona at the end of the play,
0: I'm going to answer that. You oh, know, good! Uh, that
1: makes my life. Be- I can talk to you more. Do
0: you have a pen? You want to write this down?
1: <laughs> I have a, look, I, I'm <laughs> a nerd. I got multiple <laughs> colors.
0: <laughs> what color uh, do you want? Answer equals no. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. yeah, So you—that's
0: no. your suspicion, I'm sure. Yeah. Isn't J? I,
1: I mean, don't know. It, I, I, I think you're right. All right. but go ahead, tell me what you think
0: yeah I don't know I I, I don't believe it yeah I, I think what you've emphasized of this one-upsmanship if we had left it at the handship of uh, the, 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 the hand of yeah handshake of fellowship yeah maybe yeah. I might be and then the prince awake. comes in done yeah yeah we're done we're fine you know. but a cold a, a gold statue no a bigger gold statue, right <laughs> that's uh, not at all what happened that doesn't represent in any way. Yeah, you know, right. what happened. That's not what Juliet wanted. That's not what Romeo wanted.
1: Well, to me that's the other underbelly of this. And I'm sorry to mention Hamlet off and on through the reading of Romeo no, and Juliet. It's just right. I was just teaching, I know you're teaching, and now yeah, you're I'm seniors. In it. I'm in it. I'm just fascinated by, you know, when a tragedy happens, um, I think there's layers of what a tragedy means. Hmm. And it's there's a deeper, darker tragedy when no one knows what the hell just happened and will never report it. Yeah. So the whole, you know, Horatio is saying a more antique Roman than a Dane, maybe there's some liquor left. And the only guy that could report Hamlet's story is about to kill himself, but he stops. And say we want about Horatio, but he can report some version of Hamlet's story. We we might, hopefully we get to do Hamlet together. Yeah. That'll be a conversation. But I mean, he doesn't die. And there's some glimmer of hope on that level. Right. Um, But but what story can
0: Horatio tell? None of us can tell the full story right. of, of, of But does it's anybody at the
1: it? end of Romeo and Juliet have any conception of these is there any sense that Friar Lawrence is gonna come clean in terms of the inner lives of these two kids? No. No. There's no.
0: only two people that have the possibility, the nurse. Ha. Mm-hmm. That's laughable. Right. And then Friar Lawrence, yeah, no. Right.
1: No. So maybe there's another level of of tragedy in that, you know, the the fighting for love, the fighting against all odds. The beautiful poetry, the eloping, everything that happens—that they fight for their agency and they fight for for being together—that another layer of tragedy isn't simply that they died, but that no one will know why. Yeah, yeah. Except well, for you, us in this podcast, well, which is another a, reason why we're here. Exactly. I was going to reach out. <laughs> I was going to say
0: you have to reach outside of the story. You yeah. Know, right. The only hope is outside of the, this is not. It can't be for anyone in Verona or even far Sorry. distant. Mantua. that's like mm. death itself. Boy, wouldn't you hate to have lived in Mantua? Man, that must have been a
1: Right. A horrible, well, they have the plague, hor- so
0: that's the whole problem. <laughs> it's like plague there all the time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh but so it can't be for them, it has to be for us. Yep. Um and, and and it's momentarily, briefly, but uselessly for the main for the main characters, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like Oedipus that wanders along for the rest of his life sure. you know, and has the benefit of this great insight. Um, they don't, you know, their insight uh, appears in the sepulcher and, and and ends there too. So it's for us. No, uh, their fathers are, are continuing to be themselves. Um, I think, you know, the men that got them where they are. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, that's wonderful. And I have no doubt they will build those gold statues. Their words are not (laughs) empty in that sense. They will have their golden calf, you know, at the bottom of Mount Sinai. But the, but, but, but the word from God that they just received. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Deaf to No, They're deaf to that.
0: Yes. Yeah, they are. They, They are deaf to that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of lingering questions, as, as you say. I, um, it's funny that this is
1: the play. play. Like, we teach freshmen and we talk to people that teach. If folks that are listening to this, please comment uh, You know yes. what, you're, what you're teaching and how this is going. <laughs> we want to we interact with you. But I, I get on many levels why this is what's taught to ninth-ish graders, that that's the age group of the main characters and maybe on that superficial level. On the other hand, there's so many things that seem like wildly out of place for the 14-year-old mind, but I don't know. Right. But, I, you know, you and I, I know, and I'm sure people listening, it this book does occasion some amazing conversations with kids.
0: It's fantastic. You know, um, I, I toyed with that of playing some audio in the in the podcast. I have audio, you know, it's treasured audio, you know, from a teacher's perspective of students fighting, you know, about yep. about this play. And I have to say, I have to go back to the thing I mentioned, you know, as a suggestion. They 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 can get really worked up about the role of fate in this, you know, like in that that point about whether Juliet had to die or not, yeah. whether whether they both had to die. I can, I find that. a that a point that successfully is provocative to them. Mm. And it's one you might try out. Yeah. Um, Cause there are so many angles for students to come in, you know, to that, you know, from, and they're interested in free choice and free will and making their own lives. And, Right. Being who they are and identity, you know, those are all easy on yeah. ramps. You know, in, into into the story, sure. and, they, and they despise this idea that there's some greater power right. over them, some fate. Like Friar Lawrence mentions, like Romeo mentions, yeah, um, that's that, that that's controlling their lives. They chafe against that, rightfully so.
1: Paul, do you remember? This is connected to what you're just saying. Imagine if you were born in any, I don't I don't know what kind of neighborhood you grew up in. um, but if there was a, a neighbor's home with maybe greater challenges than your family had, say.
0: Definitely were.
1: Right. So me too. The the neighbor to my left growing up had a substance abuse issue yep. and was not a good guy. Yeah. Right? As and, you face the house and or and as daughters. you're in the house? As I'm in the house to the left. Okay. Facing the house to the right. He's probably not listening to this, so I feel safe. I don't think he was a bad person. He had a substance challenge. Yeah. And that, you know, obviously does things to a family. And I, I often tell students, if I was born in that house, like 15 feet to the left, I'm not your teacher and it's a, a right. whole different set of dominoes. So, right. you know, right. it it isn't a philosophy text, it's a work of literature, but I think to to enter into it and to enter into the complicated minds and hearts of the characters and all the things they're wrestling with, to put yourself in a place just to be humble enough to realize so much of who I am has nothing to do with anything I did. It was just right. I. My right. mother is my mother. I didn't choose that on a Thursday. My father's my father. Yeah. The house was my house. My siblings. My you know opportunities along the way. So yes, this book occasions some of that, and um, it's it's, it's messy. Yeah, it's in, in a way that I think helps kids grow up in a way.
0: I think so too, as readers, you know, because Shakespeare. is, may sound hokey, but bravely pitted against exactly what you're saying. Um, Some powerful character. Juliet, I think, as we've said in many different ways, is a powerful character. So you think, oh, well, the circumstance of my birth, I would get over that. <laughs> um, okay, yes and no. I mean, <laughs> right. Juliet and Romeo did not try to kill each other, you know, yeah, in, yeah. The par- in, the, in the manner of their parents. Uh, so I guess they got over it to some degree. But in the end, right. I mean, the prince's last words, finally, you know, all are punished because look what you guys did. Yeah. You know, and he jumps right to it. Where are you going to lay the blame? He doesn't blame fate. He doesn't blame Fryer Lawrence. Even really, right. although somebody's going to get some jail time. It sounds like he says we'll figure it out later. But he goes right to it. It's like yeah. this this historic you know family thing. Look what look what your hate is, Rods. Your mm-hmm. fault. You know, it's this thing that you've. You know, uh, that you've coddled all these years. Mm. Yeah, the family to the left of my house, same thing you're talking really? about. Really? Yes, as you face the house. Isn't that so I funny. guess on the other side. Yeah, yeah. But um, I was friends with the kids, three kids, um, parent, serious problems, you know, that yeah, way. Yeah. Totally, you know, totally shaped their lives. We sure. really different. Economically, kind of the same, you know, yep. and, yep. Uh, you know, and, and, uh, and these other markers. But there was this other, you know, part of their lives, and their lives had been different. Mm. Um, but when we knew them, when we moved that neighborhood, um, things had fallen down several rungs, you know, in many ways, um, it's a good, it's a good point. And, and what's good about it is that there are points of access for the students into the story. And then when they get there, there's no, there's no pulling the rug out from under their feet. Like it can go as far as any of your students can go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And of course, much further. So so yeah, it's nice.
1: No, it's awesome this was really good thanks for uh, right. thanks for the chat
0: yeah thank you thanks for the chat too it's good to, it's good to hear what you've done definitely comment those who are
1: listening yeah you know, that would be helpful comment on, uh, on on points that maybe were helpful points you know feel free to disagree right. um, I always quote my father I thought I was wrong once but I made a mistake right um, <laughs> you know uh, we're high school teachers doing the best we can we love yeah. talking about this stuff so we'd love All to right. hear what, what you have to say
0: yeah how this touches down um uh absolutely. And this is the first book, Jay. It's yeah. kinda nice to get through with What's one. on deck? Well, uh, we I think we need about? I think we need something in between. So, we'll do oh yeah, yeah, a little, yeah, little yeah, pile yeah. Of in between. I have got a couple ideas for yep, that. Yeah, um, And then I want to jump in before the summer begins. Uh, I want to jump into the Odyssey. Uh, we both. Oh, kind of, okay. Yeah, we spent a lot of years in that. And uh, yeah, sure. Uh, that is a book that can be taught uh, yep. very early on. Ninth graders can read that book and yep. and uh, like appreciably. Sure. Um, and not only can they, but I I really think they should be. You know, my so, uh,
1: guys uh, were on book 13 today and Odysseus oh. made it home, but it's not good. Yeah. No, just so ugly. you know, if you're wondering, over there? he's home, but he's not really home. Wow. I'm just glad he didn't die on his way home. It took I know. Maybe next year. <laughs> you know, it depends on what edition you get. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'll be good. We'll take our time through that because I think yeah. a lot of that's in a lot of curricula.
0: Yeah, I think it's you common. I, I think it's sampled more than it's read, and yep. we can talk about that. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, I think it's worth that'll be great. Putting the time that'll in. be great. All right, Jay. Hey, thanks again. Thanks, Good Paul. chat. Yeah, see you uh, next time. See right? you next time. All right.